I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Lovecast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. This week's episode we're joined by Marissa Sheehan who's based in the region of Valtteri Laboratory in County Kilkenny to get an update on what they're seeing at the moment. With a relatively mild winter and spring has helped many farms but it also has posed a risk for various parasite challenges from fluke to nematiris to coccidia which we discuss in more detail. Risk goes on to highlight how April tends to be a very high risk period for clostridial issues. It occurs at a time when maternal immunity derived from the oats, wanes and lambs and we start seeing some sudden deaths in lambs arriving in the lab. We move on to discuss some of the chronic diseases affecting yews, and on this team Marissa discuss a new project we'll get on the way this year which will hopefully shed some light on those tin and pining yews in flocks. Finally we finish up with Marissa encouraging farmers to investigate health issues in their flock as a first step in addressing those. We start off however with Marissa discussing some of the issues her and her colleagues are encountering at the moment. I suppose this year and um, coming now towards the end of lambing when Perhaps people are getting tired and hygiene might be slipping a bit. And with the new controls and the use of prophylactic antibiotics, the likes of scourhalts and that, um, we always start to see or have seen a lot of the bacteremia, septicemias in lambs, that sort of watery mouth um, issue. So I suppose it just highlights the need for the, the general things of uh, cleanliness, good hygiene, um, especially towards the end of, of, of lambing seasons. Um, I suppose maybe some farms with their vets will you know, consider using the uh, vaccine for, for E. coli going forward and might, might see that as a useful tool. In other parts of the country then, uh, particularly in the West, speaking with colleagues up in you know, Sligo RVL and that, um, they'd have seen quite a bit of fluke in adult yews this year, leading then to the usual problem of under-conditioned yews lambing down um, and the problems that leads to, you know, increased mortality in yews, poor lambs, and then, of course, increased susceptibility then to the bacteremias, the watery mouths and that kind of thing. And because it has been such such a mild winter um, and then leading to more issues with twin lamb disease and that, and we'd, we'd have seen a bit of that with, with twin lamb disease, very big lambs um, in, in yews. Uh, where we would suspect that twin lamb disease is, is, is certainly an issue. A parasite risk can be underestimated, Marissa, as you indicated, it has been quite a mild winter. That mild winter, like, look, at this is oh, a never-evolving field, but the challenge of parasites in young lambs as well, are you starting to see some issues, particularly from the earlier lamb flocks coming in, is the coccidiosis, the mandiris issues starting to appear in the labs? Yeah, ab- absolutely, because, as you say, lamb, lambs are out now quite, quite a while. Um, and uh, we'll all have got a peak at the uh, forecast by now. And um, the peak will, is estimated to be between the 6th and the 18th of April this year. So again, your lambs that are affected with your nematodirus are the 6 to 12 week old um, lambs. And the advice then is to treat them kind of two weeks after the peak of nematodirus egg hatching. But these are generalized data. So you really have to keep a close eye on your own farm. The problem with lambs with nematodirus is that, you know, the peak signs of disease won't um, directly relate to the peak time that you will get high egg counts. And sometimes egg counts in nematodirus infection can be quite disappointing because the female um, egg or the female worm of nematodirus actually doesn't produce that many eggs. Um, so it can be one of those uh, infections where egg count isn't, isn't the best indicator of it. And then, as you say, Kieran. Uh, the problem is sometimes you can have a dual infection with coccidiosis 
um, we see quite a bit of problems in coccidio with coccidiosis, especially on farms, you know, that have a lot of sheep. Um, and I suppose the advice is back to basics. Again, move your trucks, try and keep any poaching to a minimum. Keep trucks up off the ground and at a good high level to stop lambs jumping up on trucks um, and then contaminating, fecal contaminating meal and stuff like that. So just basic things like that. But sometimes lambs will have to be treated for both metadiris and coccidiosis. And I suppose, again, here it might be useful for people if we mention that for treating nematodirus, you should use your white drenches, your benzimidazoles, um, because there's no um, big issue with resistance um, of nematodirus to white drenches. And it just maintains your other ones then for later on in the year and just tries to reduce that amount of resistance um, developing on your farm. Because I think here, and that's, that's, and we won't, maybe this isn't the form to get into it, but definitely um, resistant health amyntics is a problem that we're coming across quite a bit on sheep farms um, where they're getting into problems with running out of doses that they use. So um, people really have to be very, very careful with it um, and talk to their advisors, talk to their vets about carrying out a drench test and seeing what is, um, working on their farm and how to use that very carefully and use fecal egg counts a lot more and only dose when you need to. And I suppose one of the key messages ourselves and Chagask are trying to get out is, you know, certainly don't routinely dose your yolks. So unless there's a proven need, that, that should be a kind of routine dose that, that you, you carry out. No, and it's, it's one of the issues going forward. I'm sure something you see a lot more, particularly during the summer. Like, there's probably no harm mentioned, like, in yours, you will get high worm counts coming back in some of the faecal stuff, and sometimes that might be a secondary thing, Marissa, from yes. yours that the labs. Absolutely. Um, we're very careful about interpreting kind of very high egg counts in yours when there's another issue going on, because we do know that, you know, you do get a rise around lambing time um, in that periparturian period, but really, you know, you still don't need to dose your yours unless... They're thin, they're showing lack of thrive, and they're carrying multiple lambs. Um, so, you know, you have to interpret egg counts around the time of lambing with, with yours very, very carefully. We're also starting to see some sudden deaths occurring in both lambs and yours. What are a couple of common things that cause that or that you see in the labs? Yeah. Uh, so, April is our peak time in the RBLs for pulpy kidney disease and um, a lot of the clostridial diseases. So sudden death in yours, the things we think of immediately are clostridial disease and um, acute pneumonias. So they would be, you know, two of the heavy, heavy hitters. Um, obviously you can have a bit of uh, hypermagnesemia, tetany and things like that as well, which we'd also um, check for. But I think clostridial diseases, especially with in, in younger lambs with the pulpy kidney is, is a big um, cause of losses. Uh, I suppose during the lambing season and in the early kind of neonatal and sort of early lamb, lamb um, we'd also see our red guts or our hemorrhagic enteritis associated with uh, clostridial perfringens. But then as they, as they move out and get a bit bigger, certainly the pulpy kidney disease. So it's really important to get in um, in with the with vaccines into those young lambs from three weeks of age and really try and get them covered because it's such a shame when you have a, a nice 
good lambs, all it seems to be the good ones, and you go out in the field and they're there, you know, laid out. So that you know, anything to try and avoid that. Um, and then as you say, mastitis problems, um, maybe not is, is usual kind of cause of, of, of sudden death, but certainly absolutely a, 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 a cause of death. But I think your your respiratory disease, your pneumonias caused by your pastrellas and your clostridial disease. They're, they're your heavy hitters this time of year, really, for, for, for sudden death. And obviously then your, your nematodires or something where you, you may just have, have, have missed um, those early signs or a little bit of going off feed and going off um, sucking their mother, and then you come out and you'll you, you find them dead. It really is the worst of the clostridial disease. It tends to hit the best ones. I suppose it's very important to remember, too, that that passive immunity from Rio's is wearing off in some of the older lambs. So it does get, if you've diagnosed it, it does give an opportunity to say, look, we need to implement a vaccine program on the lambs as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and that's that's why I think we're, we see the peak in April is because you're getting that weaning maternal um, protection um, and then the lambs have been protected. So yeah, it's, it's that ideal kind of scenario then you, you get the disease. Marissa, <coughs> post-lamb, you always tend to be under a bit more pressure. Sometimes the weather is not as favourable, it stresses flocks more. We also see some chronic diseases in yews starting to develop over time, and it probably is the one stage of the year where we see yews starting to pine. Sometimes that is chronic; it can be progressive over a longer period of time. I know something you, you've been interested in, Norvia, is looking at some of them yews are continually wasting away. What are the couple of challenges that could be facing those animals? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really um, interesting area. Um, and hopefully, I suppose it's a good time to mention that in conjunction yourself, hopefully we're going to start up a study this year where we're going to try and investigate that for flocks where, you know, there's there's good nutrition, they're doing everything to the best of their ability, you know, they're they're on a good do, um, enough of time has kind of elapsed post-lambing where they should be picking up and should be putting back on a bit of condition. But if there's farmers out there where they notice that actually they kind of describe it as a longer tail to your flock so if you're you're bringing your your sheep you have that longer tail where there's poor doers hanging out the back a bit um so if you kind of perceive that that's an issue in your flock i suppose we'd be interested in maybe seeing a few of those those flocks and um, some of those sheep and we'll go into the details maybe a bit later kieran but what are the causes of it um Common things are common. So, yeah, if you have an issue with antimicrobial resistance and you have parasites, parasites is certainly going to be a problem with it. And um, broken mouths is going to be an issue. So you've, if, if you're not examining your yolks enough and you haven't picked up the yolks that are physically not able to take in enough food because their their teeth are missing and they've they've bad broken mouths. Um, chronic mastitis, again, that's one of an issue. Uh, lameness. Is, can be a big issue as well. So if you've if you've too high a proportion of lame sheep, um, that can certainly be an issue. But I guess with this study, I suppose what we're hoping to see as well and to try and find out are are these iceberg diseases causing an issue. So by iceberg diseases, we're call, we're talking about the the big ones, the medivisna, the um, yeah, or sheep pulmonary adenomatosis, that chronic pneumonia. We're talking about CLA, that caseous lymphadenitis, where you get abscessation of your lymph nodes. We're talking about Yonase disease in sheep, and we're talking about border disease. Um, so I suppose there's a, we know we have these diseases in Ireland, 
uh, we have diagnosed them. But I guess everyone, including the department, including Chagask, including the other uh, stakeholders in the sheep industry, would like to know if they're um, contributing in a bigger way to that kind of thin uh, problem. And I think from a flock owner's own point of view, say in the few flocks where we have diagnosed these iceberg diseases, what the farmers would report is that they knew there was something up. They weren't quite sure what it was, but they knew that their flocks weren't hitting the targets that they should have been hitting, despite them being on a good plane of nutrition. So I suppose like with your Medivisna and with your Yagsiecta or Schipalmeriadomatosis, it's called by both names. Um, OPA, I suppose, is the easiest way to, to refer to it as. You're going to get this chronic respiratory disease in the main with Medivisna. You could also get a chronic injurative um, mastitis. That's a mastitis, a hard odor, basically, that, that you can't cure. Um, and then with the CLA, you're going to get these swollen lymph nodes uh, border disease, you know, you're kind of getting the hairy shakers um, and maybe a few kind of congenital issues, maybe a bit of abortion. And then Yone's disease, you're going to get just in thrift. In cattle, you'll see a lot of um, diarrhea with Yone's disease, but sometimes in sheep, it's it's a little bit more insidious than that and it's just thin yos. So hopefully in conjunction with yourselves, Kim, we're going to get a project up and running where uh, farmers who perceive this as a problem, look, we all know Every farm with sheep, with, with any numbers of sheep, are going to have one yo that has got a chronic infection or that, you know, had mastitis or a difficult lambing or something. I suppose they're not the flocks we're interested in. Um, what we're interested in is where farmers really think, no, there's something, there's something that I, I have, you know, these are on good grass. I have too many thin yo's. Um, a good time, I suppose, and, and speaking to yourself, Kieran, you're, you're probably better to know this is, I suppose, good times to check that kind of body condition score is is sort of a few weeks out after lambing where they've they've got a chance to recover and, and then have a look at them um, and then maybe decide or post weaning of lambs when you've lambs drafted would be a good time to assess your yaws um, or pre-mating would be a good time to assess your your yaws. So this is going to run all year. Um, we'll, we'll get back again via your advisors as, as to regards exact start time and end times and what you can do to submit those yaws. They'll be tested free of charge. Um, the reports will be going back to your, your vet and obviously we'll be discussing it with the advisors as well um, to try and submit submit those, those yaws to the RVLs up to three per flock um, and to give us a chance of trying to see what, what might be an underlying problem. Because these diseases really are, they're called iceberg because you only see the tip of it. But what's going on underneath your flock is that usually there's a really high incidence of this disease. So look, like everything, knowledge is power. Then you can start developing a plan, get a bit of a program in place and try and try and um, get a handle on this problem in your flock and go, go then towards trying to get it out of the flock or reduce the incidence or reduce the impact of it anyway. No, it's a really interesting project. And you said it, it's it's some of these conditions are really affecting flocks where management, everything else would be correct, but it's just really yeah. pulling down that performance. So as you said before, Marissa, yeah. knowledge is power. When you know what it is, you can do something about it. Look, Marissa, really good getting an update. Um, again, you know, if you don't submit samples, it's very hard to diagnose what the issues are. So it's an important thing to do, even at this stage of the season. 
it really is and and as well as that um you know and i hear and i i feel people's pain and i know from submitting stuff from our own farm that it's very frustrating when you don't get a result but keep submitting them if you don't get a result in the first one give us another one and, and keep coming back until we try and get to the bottom of it um and yeah, if you've sudden deaths, but again, as I say, in April, watch those lambs now for clostridial disease, watch them for um, nematodirus, coccidiosis, uh, and then hopefully with this project, keep an eye on those yos and the body condition score. And if you perceive it as a problem, obviously ignore the one because you always have one, but if you perceive it as a problem in your flock, um, we'll be on to your chocolate advisors and we'll hopefully get this project up and running and um, get get a few sheep in, in, into the labs and see 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 what's happening up there. Marissa, great getting update. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Kieran. Great to talk to you. Okay, we'll have to leave it there. As Marissa highlighted at the end, it's very important we investigate issues on farms and get a correct diagnosis for what ailments are affecting our lambs and our ewes within flocks. Again, the study she highlighted at the end is something that's very interesting. I think it's going to be a very relevant piece of work. It's something we'll certainly be revisiting again in this podcast and pushing through our social media channels. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on our sheep programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.